0: The Production Expert Podcast with Russ Hughes, Dan Cooper and Eli Kranzberg. Well, good evening and welcome to Production Expert Podcast number 368. It's May 13th, 2019. The sun is shining here in Ireland, which is rare. I'm Russ Hughes. I'm Eli Kranzberg.
1: And I'm Dan Cooper. Okay, deals this month. There are some great deals from our partners like Avid, Focusrite and Sonarworks, as well as uh, some great B-Stock offers on Avid products from RSPE Audio on our deals page. Link in the description.
0: Uh, the new gen audio uh, uh, sponsorship has finished for this month, but I know that last month it was bit of a it was a bit of a mouthful to get through for anybody that had to read it. So uh, we haven't got a new sponsor, but if you if you do want to do some sponsorship on the podcast, then let us know. Especially if it's really easy to read out at the beginning of the show, <laughs> so we don't give you a million outtakes afterwards. Uh, anyway, let's go to some talking points. This is sponsored by our friends at Universal Audio. Over to you, Fab. Good morning children. This is Fab Dupont, the Proto's Expert Podcast. Talking points are brought to you with the support of Universal Radio. Until the end of June
2: 2019, buy a Universal Audio Apollo Twin or Arrow Audio Interface and get Antares Auto-Tune Real-Time Advanced Manley VoxBox, UA's Oxide Tape Pure Plate Reverb plugins, and many more as part of their desktop platinum vocal promotion. Just purchase and register any new Apollo Twin Mark II, Apollo Twin USB, or Arrow audio interface, and start recording album quality vocals with up to $896 in UAD plugins, along with the included real-time analog classics bundle, absolutely free. And I want to add to this, I got a, a video coming out uh, on Logic Pro Expert soon on uh, UA's Oxide Tape. I just did a really nice uh, little test with it. And uh, anyway, for those of you interested in, in this, for UA
0: plugins, I think it'll be a nice test. D, and do you have a little uh, a bottle of uh, cleaner for your heads <laughs> and stuff and some, some earbuds? <laughs> Virtual <laughs> tape cleaner. That's the next thing. Virtual no, tape cleaner. Should, that, that's next year's April fall perhaps. <laughs> Anyway, uh, an article has uh, just come out yesterday morning, actually, with a gorgeous studio at the top of it. I don't know if you guys have seen it with all the planting mm, around. It. Nice. It's, very, it's a bit like mine, but slightly more environmentally friendly, it would seem, even to the point of next that his next-door neighbour seems to have uh, panels on his roof as well, which is fantastic. Anyway, uh, it's all about working from home. The article is biblical in size. It's I don't know if you guys have read it yet, but it's... Uh, it's a good chunky read. It, it's a, it's, it would make Shakespeare sweat. It's such a tome. But uh, yeah, many of us, there's about eight people contributed to it, actually. But uh, then if you guys have had a chance to look at it yet, and I thought we could talk, because that was aimed kind of at the post people, but there's so much stuff in there that anybody could take True. away as, yeah. as useful stuff. Yeah. Uh, Eli, yeah. uh, you work from I home. I do. It, it, and how long have you worked from home for uh, well on and off
2: since about nineteen ninety eight about ten years
0: <laughs> that's a little uh. more. <laughs> <laughs> No, 20 yeah, years. Exactly. Yes. 21 yeah, years. Yeah. 20, sorry. I, 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 yeah, that's why I'm a creative. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I got in. The gr- <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me to do your bookkeeping, which is in this article, actually. But yeah, nineteen ninety. Yeah, no, I
2: got in kind of at the ground floor of the digital audio thing. You know, the, having home studios was not... You know, that common back then, and mine was pretty basic, but it was enough to get some jingle clients here and some corporate clients doing voiceover recording and putting together some music beds for jingles and that kind of thing. And then also a lot of mom and pop, you know, music CD production, you know, sort of smaller scale production uh, music, you know, which was mainly in the box with a couple of live instruments. And then, uh, and
0: you work from you work from your basement. Yes, do
2: you? yeah. At that point, I was in an apartment, but I bought a home in 2008, and yeah, I have a nice big basement studio now where I, I can't quite record. That, like,
1: that was ten years ago. right? yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> eleven to be exact. But um, oh. no, it's it's not quite big enough to get a real you know full group of musicians in and do a you know live multi track recording. But I can get a couple of players in here and you know do a couple at a time, and it's big enough to have some room to have a few people in, so it's nice.
0: You've not put some tie lines up to other parts of the house? No, you know, it's funny. When
2: I first moved in here, I thought about that, about, uh, you know, there's a room not far from here and making that kind of like a vocal booth. But yeah, that became the
1: TV room. Sacrilege. (laughs) Sacrilege. Yeah, James does it differently. He's got tie lines all over his house, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, in fact,
0: when we built our kitchen last year, I thought, you know, it's a beautiful wooden space, perfect for like uh, a string quartet or a drum kit. Mm. Oh, yes, Uh, definitely. And the great thing about Dante and all those kind of stuff, we're getting slightly off the subject, but we'll come back on it in a minute. If you're listening, we are coming back round. We're just taking a quick detour down to the corner shop. We will be back. Uh, but I, I thought of with Dante and stuff. Now you just got a. I've got I've got a, a big long Ethernet cable in the shed that I could easily run into my into my uh, kitchen and then record in the in the studio in here and I have a fantastic drum room. So uh, yeah, I think it's anyway. So you 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 1998, then ten years ago you went into your basement. Right. Let's just as a starting point, uh, give me one good thing, and then. One thing that's a challenge. So one good thing about okay. working I, from I home. Okay, I remember
2: the first time I met you, Russ, about I don't know six, seven, eight years ago. at Nam, whenever it was.
0: Is this the pajama yeah, exactly. story? Yeah, Best though. thing you can stay in okay. your pajamas
2: all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. One good image thing. in my <laughs> head. I can't <laughs> see. My, my, uh, yeah, is that is that when clients come? <laughs> no, on yeah, as well, are you no, like that's when I'm
2: working. Yeah. I, I, I love telling the story. My wife bought me a two hundred dollar pair of slippers, uh, but you know, for me, that's work clothes. That's my work suit. <laughs> Nice. Uh, A
0: two hundred dollar pair of yeah. slippers.
2: Um, yeah, and I, I wear them all day long. What are they, know <laughs> or something?
1: I'm not charging enough. I need to, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: no, one good anyway. thing I have clients. I have had clients come over here and. um I, you know, obviously it's very convenient working out of home. I, I personally, you know, we've, I know you've written about this in the past for It doesn't suit everyone's temperament. I like the idea of working out of home, of not having to get up. And some people like getting up, getting dressed, going out, doing work, coming home. They really need that structure. I, I'm self-motivating enough that I'm happy and enjoy the freedom of working at home. And, um, one good thing, you know, I, I've had some interesting creative uses of my space. I have one big room in this basement. One time I had five or six singers here put a couple of mics up, you know, getting a kind of a choir effect and just position them in different orientations around the mics for different takes to get different blends. And had, had a yeah. nice success doing, you know, a nice choral thing with, with multi track group vocals like that. I had another time where I had a live trio in here with violin, flute, and guitar, and uh, you know, obviously the separation wasn't ideal, but you know, we uh, I, I close mic each instrument, plus did some overheads, and got it happening, and it sounded good.
0: So yeah. So give us one downside. Now we're going to come okay. back round. You, you get more than one go at this gig, so uh, this is like a residential for you. So give us one thing that you find difficult working from home. Me or Dan? Me. You. Okay. Are we still on uh, your One line? thing I
2: find Dan difficult. Dan is next. Um, Hmm. Well, yeah. Okay. The one thing I find difficult working from home is sometimes, you know, like when I record drums, I, you know, my wife's home a lot and I can't always make the noise that I want when I want. So I got to sort of, you know, plan when it's going to be something kind of noisy like that. I got to plan around, you know, other things going on. That's the one down thing. Because you're in the same building as the house. Yeah. My wife's home and I mean... You know, yeah. So if I'm going to be doing an extended session with some
0: live drums, I got to sort of work it out to, you know, to to do it when she's out. So if you had the chance, because we're going to come to Dan next, who has had the chance and has done what we're about to talk about, would you prefer to have a separate building on the property that was the studio rather than the base? You know,
2: I don't think so, and I do have that opportunity because I have a really big backyard, and there would certainly be room to do that. But I, it doesn't really appeal to me. But one of the reasons is, I mean, the winters here are really, you know, pretty bad. And, you know, I'd have to get dressed up in boots and a coat to go to and from. It would be like that going to work kind of thing. I couldn't just, you know, go downstairs whenever I feel like it. I'd have to really get dressed up to go outside and go Your do it. Your slippers would get wet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, it's,
0: This is the, to, to be honest. This is all about those two hundred dollars slippers, yeah. isn't it? This is this is about. I forgot the Canadian dollars. Aren't uh, yeah, they? so it's you it's, know like Monopoly money. It's only seventy pounds for slippers <laughs> instead. For those of Stop you that are worrying, he's only spending seventy English pounds on slippers, or one hundred and twenty-five American dollars. So it's not that extreme, anyway. But no, that would be the, the, the downside. So I wouldn't
2: do it just because it would make it. You know, I'd have to really get dressed
0: up and go outside. I just feel like your entire workflow is. Based around you wearing pajamas all day. Isn't uh, well, it? I mean, <laughs> truthfully, yeah. Most of my we were talking with
2: about, with Dan about this before, you know, we went on air. And most of my work is on my own here now these days. Uh, so yeah, I do often you know, stay in my pajamas. But uh, you know, it's it's nice having clients here too. Recently, I've been working with a singer, male singer, doing a, an album of covers, and you know, it's been enjoyable work. It's nice to break up the routine with different projects.
0: So, Dan, your story's slightly different because you were, you did have a new, you, you had a location. Mm. Tell us about your
1: situation. Oh, ten, so you started ten, with... About 10 years ago, I started with a commercial room at the back of a guitar shop, which was ideal because I was starting off, so I sort of got got in on uh, the captive back. audience, ca- captive audience footfall was there. So everyone coming through the guitar shop doors were musicians. And then I'm at the back with this studio and we would basically just within a year, we were sharing clients and customers. It was, it was great. Did that for about five years. And then uh, my family got bigger, uh, child, uh, number four time was getting, um, uh, a rarer thing. So we moved the studio home. Um, yeah, and I have, I've been at home now for four years, just over four years now. And it's, yeah, it's, it's good and it's a pain in the ass at the same time. Um, but I can say that I've been doing it for four years. So positive yeah. from working from home um, is I get to regulate my hours um, much better than I ever could working away from home. Um, I found that I, was, I felt like I needed to work seven days a week because uh, it was an extra bill. Uh, paying rent it was an extra responsibility. Uh, the demand was higher from people, so not online work from actual attended sessions. So I was working all hours of the day. No two weeks were ever the same. So I'd work a Sunday evening one week and then a a, a Sunday morning the next. And it was just all over the place. But I was I was working hard. I thought that's what you should do. But it got to the point where I couldn't really do that anymore. Working from home means I can start. At 8.30, that's when the kids go to school. And I can finish at four o'clock in the afternoon. That's when the kids come home. Um, and it works so well that my five-year-old Milo does not believe I work. <laughs> doesn't believe it. Honestly, doesn't believe it. No, Daddy doesn't work. No, Milo, I do down the studio when you're at school. No, Daddy doesn't work. Okay, so I just sit on my bum watching Jeremy Kyle all day. Um, no, I do work, Milo, uh, but that's that's brilliant. So for my my kids... They get waved off by me in the morning and I welcome them home when they come home from school. I couldn't do that before. I couldn't do that. I was missing all the important moments, tea times, bedtime routines, bath times, all that sort of stuff you do with your kids. I was missing it, missed it for such a long time. And now I'm uh, really sort of i of the centre of the house for them. I can work and I can live and be there for them and I can be there for my work and I can be there for myself. So it's, it's, it's a great... Uh, balancing acts that I've got got to, the work-life balance. I didn't have it before and I've got it now. So what's the downside? Downside is, uh, is because I don't have that footfall anymore. A lot of my work is, is coming in from online bookings, so mixing, mastering, uh, collaborations, you name it. It's all online. Again, very good because I can fit that around my, my um, work-life balance, but it does mean that I work with less people in the flesh. And that's something that I love doing. I love sitting in a room with someone working on their song or whatever it is we need to do in the studio. I mean, uh, you know, I do scratch that itch, obviously, because my wife is a songwriter and she's in Pro Tools and she's got her own studio in the house as well. And we do have that. But it's working with uh, other musicians when you can learn things from other people from just working with them. You might just learn a new trick or a technique or something musical, or you might be introduced to a new band or a new sound or a new this. Um, and it's it's a more fluid way of working. You've really got to have a lot of motivation to do something on your own. So if a client gives you a deadline, I think you know all about this. For us, your weekend was was based around all of this. You work quite hard on that because you you get um, a few opportunities to sort of talk to your client and work with them. When you're in a room with someone, it's a constant flow of ideas and you know uh, trying to suss out each other's creative mojos. And I, I prefer that because it's just it's just how I like to work. Um, You know what I mean? I do. I I I find it easy to look over my shoulder at someone behind a microphone and go, yeah, we're going in the right direction. It's a nod. You can read people's body language. You can't do that with online clients. It's kind of a send off a mix and you cross your fingers going, I know that's the best I could do. I hope it is. Um, yeah, I suppose.
2: You know, I often have a guitar player buddy over to work on tracks for different things that I'm doing. And it's, all you know, it's always so much more stimulating having him here or, you know, anyone by extension. But having him here. Stimulating is a good word. Yeah, yeah. You know, bouncing ideas around and he comes up with mm. something I didn't think and it sort of takes it in a different direction.
1: Yeah, it's stimulating. mm, Yeah. But also, when you work with other people, you I find that you can take better care of yourself. Oh, you're right. We should have a coffee break. Oh, you're right. We should have lunch. Yeah. Oh, you're right. We should slow it down a bit. You don't do I? Well, at least I don't. I don't do that when I'm on my own. I'm like, okay, I've got all this to do. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go for it. And then it gets into the, the day, and I'm like, I'm really tired. I've worn myself out. Oh God, I missed lunch. Oh, I should have stopped. I should have had a break. Should have gone for a walk. Yeah. Those sort of things. That's interesting
0: because uh, I have an Apple Watch. Uh, And people think they're kind of gimmicky and other watches are available of this kind. So my Apple Watch has got this kind of three ring system, the activity rings. And I have to complete all three of them each day. And mine is set to, I have to do at least 30 minutes exercise. I have to burn 875 calories minimum. And I have to stand up 12 times. And I've, I've realized, you know, and this is around a lot of all this kind of stuff. That I really do well when I gamify my life, when I have mm. kind of like... So that's like a game to me. It's like every day I've got to close those rings. So sometimes before I get in bed at night, I run on the spot for 10 minutes so I can close the mm. rings. Uh, and I do it every night because I don't... I'm on a, I'm on a streak of about 75 days and I can't let it go. The longer you leave it, the worse it gets. Uh and uh I do it with my my calorie intake as well. so I've got a calorie intake thing that I do each day that tells me so I, I log all my food, everything. You might think I'm insane. No, no, no. So I log breakfast, I log lunch and that so I, but everything's kind of got got it's so unlike me, but but since I went through my whole life change, my health change, and I'm fasting as well now. So at every day, once I finish eating at about uh, six, then I don't eat for 12 hours. I don't I don't have any of that evening snacks and boozing in the evenings. And uh, they're all things, that and they've all got little... So my fasting thing has a clock as well. So once I start it, I've got 12 hours, and I can't eat within that 12 hours thing. And it's only a, a screen, but it, for some reason it, it, it works for me. It focuses your uh, mind. You it know? does. So, yeah, yeah and... uh and on my account system, I use FreshBooks, and we can talk about that in a while we talk about money. We will talk about money tonight because I think it's important when it's about self-employment. FreshBooks has got a, a counter log on it. And so basically I start timers when I start working on that's a project great. and I log it and then it basically keeps it. Then at the end of the month, I go bill this client and it gives a complete list of all the logging I've done all month. And I put a little note next to one. I spent an hour on this or I did 30 minutes on that or I was in that phone call with him. And at the end of the month, I've got this long invoice. It's completely itemized with all the logging I've done for that client and which project it was allocated to as well. Wow. And I've got that for all my clients. Smart. So things like that. But we'll come back to that in a while. Because I suppose you guys want to know my my, my pro and my con. So my pro is that my daughter, every day of her life since she was born, has had breakfast with me and evening meal with me, and I put her to bed. And I still work longer hours than were I to work somewhere else because – traveling would have been at least 30 minutes to an hour to somewhere. So I've got a two-hour gain. So what happens is my lifestyle is every morning the family gets up at 7.30 and I prep breakfast. So they come down and they have breakfast. Then at 8 o'clock, I come out to the office. Then about 8.45, I take my daughter to her daycare. And then I carry on working, and I love that flexibility. I love the ability to just so. Like yesterday, I worked a ten-hour stint to hit a deadline on a Sunday. Uh, My wife was just finishing her masters off, and my daughter was with her cousins, so it was a good day to do it on. And then today, I've had a kind of quieter day. I've I've worked like three or four hours, but I can. So I love that. I love the flexibility of my time. I can I can kind of stretch it and squeeze it when I need to. So that's the first thing. Uh, the downside for me, uh, and I think it would be worse if I was in the... in the. And I've had it where it was in a room in the house, but it doesn't really matter to me anymore. I don't tend to feel tempted to come out when I'm not working to the office because it's at the end of the garden. And it's funny you say that, Eli, mm. because even 50 feet makes a difference. Mm. Mentally, it makes a difference because it's separate from mm. the house. I don't tend to come out to it. I'm trying to think of my downside. Uh and i can't think of one at the moment i'm sure i will uh i think the downside is i feed off other people and sometimes it can be quite isolating this mm. industry when you're yeah. on your own and especially as a creative can't it you've got i was talking to somebody today a girl i've been working with who's a writer the trouble is that there's nobody else around you don't have somebody to tell you that a good idea is is uh, that a good idea that you're about to give up on is worth pursuing or a bad idea is something you should give up on. Do you know what I mean? You don't have those moments with people. And I think that collaboration of somebody saying, when you you think, oh, I'm going to give up on this song idea, I'm going to give up on this video idea, I'm going to give up on this project idea. And in an office, in a team situation, somebody say, actually, if you just did this and you just did it, it'd be fine. But sometimes I think we kind of sometimes, I sometimes uh, drag out something that I should just let die and sometimes I let things die, which I should pursue. I think we all probably do because that. I don't have other people. Does that yeah, make I sense? I'm, I know I, that yeah. happens to me too. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. Let's talk about okay some of the some of the things that are in the article. I want to talk about money, uh, and we'll start with you this time, Dan. Uh, talk about the the, the systems for. Finding work, okay, and getting paid, right? Those. Let's talk about those two things. <clears throat> Number
1: one, um, most of the work that I receive is online. Um, I've got a website that I maintain regularly, um, that I make sure is um, search engine optimized SEO, so that people can find my work that there are systems on my site that people can pay me for my work through, uh, that I'm well advertised, um, that if people do find my site, that they know what they're getting. There's no bullshit out there. It's not a, a list of gear. You know, people don't want to read that. They want to know what you can bring as a creative and as a professional with experience um, to their projects. Um And I make sure that I make phone calls, Skype calls, that emails are well written, that I understand what the client needs, uh, what their budget is, what their deadlines are, the whole package. And I just try to be the most personal person I can be. You know, I've got to think of it like if I was to hire a trade that I don't know anything about, I just want to be able to trust that person that they're not going to rip me off or do a poor job. So I apply that to people that contact me and I get on with it. Um, It's... Under promise, over deliver sort of attitude. So today, for instance, um, I did three mastering jobs. Um, they hired me because I've got this beautiful Tegler gear uh, that I've shouted about enough. Um, whoever's listening, and it's the drinking game: drink uh, three times because I've got three, three of these units. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was you know it was a good. Sorry, part. did you? I didn't hear it. Was that Tegler? <laughs> teg- I said Tegler. I did. Oh no, he not Tegler. Teg- did he say Teglery I did. What was
0: that word he used? We're trying to get somebody drunk on this <laughs> to to the show tonight because, <laughs> for those that don't know, there's the drinking game, and uh, J- 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 uh, Dan's is Tegler. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mine used to be my dog or extensions. Uh, <laughs> I don't
2: think I have
1: one yet.
0: I'm sure we'll, we'll find one. one. Don't we, you worry. We'll find one. Slippers, slippers one now. Okay.
1: Two hundred dollars yeah, slippers. The, the community are going to have a sore head tomorrow. Uh, so yeah. So today was mastering morning, and I filled the rest of my uh, afternoon today with with some uh, production expert. Uh, stuff just to help the community. But yeah, money money is just something that I try to get out of the way of as soon as possible with clients. Some people don't like it, but I ask for 100% of the money up front. Um, I do. So it's said, it's done, it's off the table. And I do that to confirm a brief. So I go, this is what you need. Yes, that is what it's going to cost. Okay. That is the deadline we agree on. Yes. Cool. Let's do the creative bit now. I don't do it the other way around. But 100% up front? 100% up front yeah wow and we, yeah wow. always and people that don't like that i go well i can't do this work without securing the money uh i used to years ago when i had my commercial st- uh, studio was asked ask for 50 up upfront because if i didn't funny people wouldn't turn up to sessions hmm no. funny that now how many how many people
0: do you think how many people say well that's too, that's too high an ask and, and don't go through with a project either they're not for
1: me it's
0: okay. Now, the question is, in a percentage, because there's going to be people listening to this show now thinking, wow, that's a big ask. I wonder if I could get away with it. How many of the people that you that, that, that make an inquiry that you say it's 100% do you think turn away after you say it's 100%? 10%. 10%. So 90% yep. of people still follow through. Yeah. So you've got to have no worries about bad debt. No, never. And so it sounds like a lot of your stuff is kind of like, because a lot of my clients are B2B instead of business to business, which is basically I have to extend credit to people. Mm. So I'm often owed a lot of money all the time
1: I I, I uh, have 3 clients that I do that with and I've known I've worked with them for 9 years they're they're so I know them so well. We're as good as family. So there are, there is those times where I will bill them at the end of the month, and it is on credit. Um, but and what's your what's your what do you reckon your monthly line of credit is with customers that people that owe you oh, money? This is for people who are listening. Oh, oh, a few hundred quid. It's really not. But okay. okay. as I said, that's only right. for a handful of people. Everyone else, it needs okay. to be up front. and it's just because I like money to be out of the way. Because uh, it, it helps me to confirm a brief. It helps me to confirm a deadline. Because if all of that goes out of the window, uh, let's say a client changes the deadline, their brief uh, expands to twi- twice as demanding. I then have got a figure I can turn around and say, look, I said 300 quid and now you basically want to do double the amount of work. Well, let's call it 600 quid but right. we need to... I was
0: going to say that because once they've paid up front, if
1: things start to stretch out as they can often do in creative processes... That, that, that's that's that, my judgment call. And it's, but if I've and got you, a brief, let's say I'm working yeah. on a song from scratch and the client says, I want it to be a reggae song. I want it to be three minutes in length. Cetera, and they're saying, yep, it's all good. You get to the deadline they turn around and say, oh, no, I want it to be a six minute progressive rock, rock epic. Well, hold on a minute. You're so off the brief here. We've basically got to pull up stumps The last two days of work or whatever it was I've put into this doesn't count anymore. So we've got to look at that brief and the price that you paid so far. Maybe we should go back and focus on that or rewrite it and start again. It just helps me to do that. When I do it by the hour, it's really difficult, I find, to then turn around to a client and say, ah, you owe me a thousand thousand quid. Why? Because I spent three days on that. Well, hold on a minute. That's too much. Um, yeah, I was trying to imagine a Bob Marley song sung
0: by Deep Purple. Yeah, yeah I was like just giving problems. a you really... suggesting that. Yeah. Idea. Talk about... When you talk about... How do you get paid? Have you got... Have you, so do you have an invoicing software package? I use PayPal because it just
1: seems to be the easiest way to get people's. to pay. So
0: you just do, There's no kind of account software. You just use PayPal and they pay you with their credit cards and stuff. Uh, and you take, what, the, the, yeah. the 2.5% hit or whatever I, I take the hit on
1: that. That's not a problem. But I do have a separate invoice system. Uh, it's called moon invoice it's an apple app thing um does the job okay so it's on, it's built into it's not it's not cloud based, no, it's, it's built into your computer no this is cloud-based so it does pick up on oh, it is cloud. yeah but it's basically it's an app that sends okay, around cool. cloud so yeah cool
0: so, Eli, yeah. let's talk about yours then. So how do you f- get work? Well,
2: you know, I, my business is a little bit different than your guys. I don't think it's as sophisticated. I mean, the bulk of my work these days is doing tutorials either for Groove3 or
0: Production Expert and other I didn't clients. know you'd done any tutorials, Eli. I didn't know that you'd <laughs> had any experience in doing that. How many have you done? Because it's going to be more than your slip. Yeah, I think I've seen one or two. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, how do you, have you kept I, You know,
2: I I remember when I broke through 100, but uh, it's probably about 130 or so now, I would guess.
0: Title, yeah, no, I mean series. Mean. Like, so you so must do I reckon you've done over a thousand. Yeah, tutorials easily, and yeah, easily. And then you add easily. the free stuff. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, easily. You you could be even moving on to two thousand videos, yeah, couldn't it's possible, you? Possible, yeah. That's insane, yeah. and so, so I guess it's reputation. Isn't yeah. It? So for me, uh, yeah, so I, a lot of
2: it, like you say, it's business to business. You know, dealing with with production expert in group Three, and also direct plug-in developers. And that, you know, I, I, I mean, I just. I have my prices set up and uh, sometimes for plug-in developers, I just quote them a price. We negotiate a price and it's fine. And I just get paid at the end and that's fine. But I mean, I know them and I trust them and it's, I'm not really worried. When it comes to local clients, like, you know, people physically in my studio and that kind of thing. Now, I know this is a contentious issue, but I'm a big fan or believer of charging by the hour. I find it's the fairest for everyone involved. The thing about making a flat rate for a project is inevitably – you know, either you're working more than you planned, or or and it's not fair to you, or you're working less than you planned, and it's not fair to the client. I find it the most fair. Having said that, though, most of that type of work that I do is with the client in you know, in front of me here. So the time is sort of metered together. Um, You know, sometimes the client will arrange for me to do some work on my own between sessions. And I, you know, tell the client, okay, I'm going to spend four or five hours doing this or, you know, whatever's involved. But I like the idea of being paid by the hour. I just find it the fairest for everyone involved. Um, So, yeah, so for for local clients, it's, yeah, by the hour like that. um, And, you know, the business to business stuff is, you know, a little bit structured a bit differently, but uh, yeah, that's, that's the
0: way I like to sort of approach the business end of things. And your system. so so do you, do you put money out and then wait for people to pay you? Do you do, what did you take deposits up front? Uh, how well, how are you I'm doing, doing it?
2: Working with local, with clients here locally, I usually don't get money up front. Either they pay me at the end of each session or if it's an ongoing project, you know, every few sessions is fine. I don't like to let a big balance build up. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, either at the end of the session or every few sessions and or some of them that I know well that I have ongoing relationships with. I just, there's one corporate client that does some, you know, for corporate videos, does some voiceover work here. I just bill him at the end and and it's fine. I, but I have a relationship with him. I don't have that many sort of new clients that I don't know at all, you know that that's why I say my business is a bit different than than your guys. It's not like I'm have ads out on Craigslist and getting bands, different bands coming in every month. But when there is someone new, it's like I say usually by the hour and either we pay at the end of the session or, or at the end of every couple of sessions.
0: And uh, in terms of taking money, how do you take money
2: off people? Um, well, when it's local like that, I mean, check is easiest. Uh, Money Check. transfers are fine for you know all of the business to business stuff. It's you know with Group Three you know all sorts of currency thing here. Being in Canada, I've opened up a U.S. account. A lot of the people I do business with or companies I do business with, Group Three being among them, are are in the U.S. Yeah. So I get paid in U.S. dollars. So I you know set up a U.S. account for that. I um I do invoicing. Have you done that? What have you done that with a bank? Or have you done it with transfer wise? You see, it depends. where I. What I find works best for me is if I can get a U.S. check in my hands and go to a money changer here and change it. That's where I get the best rate.
0: Money changer? Yeah. You make it sound like a guy on the corner. No, no, no. no.
2: Uh, you know, a currency exchange uh, place, you know what yeah. I mean, the term is. But uh, they generally give way better rates than the bank. So I um I try to who doesn't and when that's not possible like like for example like I did some work for Waves you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna see them in person yeah. so I mean I set up a US account and I just invoice them and I have them deposited straight to you know doing a an online transfer straight to my US account and stays in US dollars there and I can deal with it how I need to or want. And how much do you think you're out for
0: money most of the time? Um, nothing. The running line. I mean, of I'm not out uh, credit. I'm not out for anything. I I don't put out money in advance. I mean. I, I don't mean that, but, but there's often, like you've just said, you said some big brands, and I know one of them, and I deal with one of them, and I have to wait for money from yeah. them, so there's going to be some like Yeah, of well, well, like, for example,
2: Group 3, I mean, I get paid monthly, so, you know, at the end, like, yeah. like, where are we now? We're in the middle of May, I'll be getting a check for April soon. So, yeah, I'm always
0: on so, so, I mean, combined, then, is that, is that hundreds, thousands, yeah, thousands, tens of thousands. Of thousands? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. That's okay
2: though, I mean, you know, it's just the way... Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, it's just, I'm just, because don't forget what we're talking about is people are listening to this podcast who might be going into business and just wondering how it all works out. Yeah, well...
1: The trick is to have quite... uh, Just try and establish a few lines of income, not just, let's say, this is where I went wrong uh, a few years ago. When I had the studio in the commercial room, I did what Eli said, was working on the hourly basis with clients. Mm-hmm. There's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many days in a week, so many days in a, uh, weeks in a month sort of thing. Um, so if I had a few quiet weeks, it happens, let's call it January, you earn n- no money. Um, and I've learned now that I can't rely on people coming into my studio. I mean, I learned this years ago because I almost went under. Um, I've got to have other means of earning money. So online business, I also earn some money off tutorial uh, revenue stuff as well and other bits and bobs. So when there is a lull in one aspect of um, or one uh, revenue stream, I've got, I know in my mind, yeah. there's other bits coming in next week that I go, actually, I'd have to really work for that because it's money that I've already earned over a month somewhere else or, or some online works come in. So there's always something, there's a, a balance of income coming in. It doesn't always come in at once. It's nice when it does, but... I can breathe easy. That's where you need to get to when you work on your own, especially yeah. from home, is to get to a point where you don't have to stress about earning money because people aren't going to walk through your door. You've got to try and find it in as many different avenues as possible. Fingers in pies. Yeah. yeah That's the kind the, of the, the other thing I
2: would add to that and for anyone starting out a home business, I mean, this is kind of common sense or conventional wisdom, but I would never want to have my life structured in a way where I'm so close to my money is so tight that i'm one month away from having money problems like if if I, you know if i'm have to wait a month to get paid i don't want that to you know i don't want my life and my finances
0: in such a way that that, that good point you know, good point not, yes. i think that's a, that's an I, I i would say to anybody that basically if you're going to go self-employed live on the bare minimum yeah. and put as much as you can in savings And that's what I've done for the last 10 years since I've been doing this is that if something like if the dishwasher blew up today, I could go out and buy one cash because I'm putting money away. The trouble is there's no such thing as the middle class in our industry. In other words, that those things that most people kind of take for granted in in a job, you really have to make an effort to get. So I'm like a pension so the the amount of people you talk to about a pension and they go, oh, I could never afford a pension. Let me just put this into context. And I was going to write an article on this and if there's enough, enough material. If you're 25, let's say now, and you're blowing 100 to $200 a month on plugins that you don't really need, if you put that into a pension now, you'd have a decent pension by the time you retire. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a decent pension, $200 a month. Uh, about twenty four hundred dollars a year. That would be enough for you to have a decent pension when you retire. And many musicians and people in our industry don't think in those kind of ways that the kind of working middle class would think of pensions, healthcare, all those kind of yeah. things. And so we, and so, so it's what Eli has just said is so important: is that you have to build up a nest egg, you have to build up a buffer. I always, I'm always in the situation where I try and have. 90 days' worth of money in my savings account. So if the worst should happen, if all my clients ran for cover tomorrow and I lost all my work, I've got 90 days' worth of money to get me through. sounds
1: realistic, yeah. Possibly
0: more if Uh, you stretched
1: it out. In in crisis, you you can make it it out. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Russ, so your finances, income... How'd you do it?
0: Yeah, so I, I'm interesting as well because I'm different in a way as well. Because so I have I have a number of sources of income. My main source of income is I own a creative agency, so I'm all B two B. All my clients are coming for creative ideas, be that music or videos or both, uh, that kind of stuff, uh, and. Again, a bit like Eli, I've grown through reputation. I don't do any advertising whatsoever. People, most of my clients are in this industry. So most of my clients know me. Lots of my clients are friends, uh, but actually I don't work with friends, but I'm happy to work with people who will become my friends. That's the way to do it in my view is don't work for friends, work for people who you get on so well with in your business life that they become like friends to you. Uh so all of my clients we talk about babies the dog dying holidays all sorts of stuff prostate checks all those kind of, if it's a man all the, now but I'm I'm serious we have that kind of intimate discussion if we need to and uh just a friend of mine a couple of days ago I had a terrible news that his brother died and I'll, I'll, and and so those, the life happens and so it's good if you're building a business to have that so I've got these B2B clients but uh and lots of them which is great Uh, And so I have always had a policy of trying to get enough work on the board by the 10th of each month, even if it's not invoiced. I want to know where I am about 10 days into each month so either I can panic or I can relax. And I've had that policy for many years now, and it kind of pays off. That doesn't mean I do 10 days work and I can give up for the rest of the month. But by the 10th day of each month, I get a sense of what the month's going to look like. Because again, we're not the middle class. We are self-employed. And some months we'll have a great month, and other months we'll have a lean month. And in a sense, we've got to mentally... Figure that out because the mortgage doesn't go up and down depending on our client load. No. And all the other costs don't go up and down depending on those costs. We've got a lot of personal fixed costs that we have to keep paying for. Uh, and here's the bit that will shock. Uh, that I, I was waiting for each of you to say it. So I do put a lot of lines of credit out because I'm dealing with lots of brands. So I'm currently usually waiting for about 30 grand. Wow. English sterling. So what's that in Canadian? <laughs> <What>? That's about... <laughs> 80,000 80, Canadian, mm, I don't know, but it's a lot, and mm. it's about fifty thousand American. Mm. Uh, so I'm waiting for that a lot of the time, and I'm putting out those lines of credit to, 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 to supply to clients. So so that's that. Then I have publishing, which is which isn't a big part of my income, but I still have. If you're going to be a writer, then never sell your songs to anyone; keep them. So I've had these songs for years, and I, and I get two nice checks every year from my my publishing royalties and stuff like that. So. Uh, and I use FreshBooks because I, I don't know if it logs all of my work for my clients, and it's just a, and and you can plug it into things like PayPal and Stripe. And I mentioned it earlier; it's in the article. But transfer-wise, if you're doing into 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 uh, inter, uh regional transactions, with transfer-wise, you can set up what they call borderless accounts. So I've got a Euro account and a Dollar account and a Sterling account. And people just pay into them, and then I can transfer them within TransferWise between, back into Sterling uh, at the best part. TransferWise is the most cost-effective way to send money around the world, trust me, to any currency. I use it all the time. I've got people in Norway, Sweden, all over the world that I pay as well, Canada. Uh, and and it's just a great way of paying people. Uh, and it's safe, and it's quick, and I just find it better than PayPal personally. Yeah, well, PayPal's I, got PayPal fees can... associated with it are a real drag. Yeah, and banks, no, it's, it's better than banks yeah. as well. Is that like, uh, yeah, uh, banks are people who lend you an umbrella when the sun's <laughs> out, but want it back when it's raining. It's <laughs> a guy like that. Uh, uh, and, and to be honest, I've, I've never met a bank manager yet where I, when I've shook his hand, I haven't counted my fingers <laughs> afterwards to see if he's stolen one. Uh, because, as I say, banks don't do you any favors, especially when it comes to it. So I can tell you, I look at my fees every month. So if I buy like a plug in uh, for a job, uh, with my card, then I see the next day the banks then hosed me for a fee for that transaction. Mm. And I get hosed like that. And it, it's like last quarter, I think it was £2,000 in bank fees for, for, for like payments into my account and and payments like that. It's just insane. Uh, so I think there's many ways these days you can be savvy on getting paid on and getting your money. And it's interesting that the three of us around this table tonight have very different models yeah. that all work for us, which, which is great. Let's talk about – because you joked earlier about, about your wife and your drums. Family life – we talked about the benefit of family mm-hmm. life. Is there any downsides uh, for you working from home with your family? Uh, I'll go first, actually, because tonight it happened to me. Okay. So I, I got a call. I'd lit the barbecue because the sun is shining for a change in Ireland. And I lit the barbecue, and I was just cooking it all up. And then Skype kicked off, and it was a call from my client who I had to take. So this is one of the benefits of working from. Him. I'm on a Skype call while while working the barbecue, but my family's sitting ready to have dinner with me, and I'm in the middle of a call, hmm. which I'm trying to get off as quickly as possible. And so especially when you've got, I've got clients all over the world. And so especially when the West Coast wakes up, it's dinner time here in the UK. And then it's kind of really annoying. And you can't say to clients, well, I'm sorry. Uh, You try to. So I do try and fence my family time in. But there are times when it does get, so it does get, just get, those lines get blurred and there's no way around it in my view. Interesting. What about you, Eli? You know,
2: one of the interesting things is, as you know, my studio is in my basement and I'm down here a lot. And my wife, she often says, she says, I don't know when you're working or not, you know, because, you know, sometimes I'm down here just surfing the net or answering emails, or whatever. Even that, the line sometimes between work and not working is blurred. But, um, you know, she, she often says, she's you know, she's not sure when I'm working or not because, you know, I'm down here a lot.
0: I mean – not so much a problem for me, I guess. Um, so, does she come down the stairs and walks in in your midway yeah, of video Yeah, that or does happen or... from time to
2: time. And um, yeah,
0: that that occasionally. And you have to give a kind of like expletive hand signal well, without saying a word. You know, yeah, I.
2: Generally, if, if I, I let her know if, I'm gonna, when, if and when I'm going to be recording. You know, I give her a few minutes notice if I know there's something going on, if she's got a load of laundry in the machine or she you know, she's going to be coming. And I, when I know there's a possibility of her coming downstairs, I, I let her know when I'm going to be recording. But yeah, that sometimes is a problem. I also got to time my laundry. <laughs> I'm right near the washing machine and dryer. So that, that's, uh, I mean, it's not an issue. We're only two people here. It's not like we have laundry going all day long every day. But, you know, uh, we got to be cognizant of when the machine is on and off.
0: And have you uh, have you not thought about like putting a red light? In? Yeah, I'm no, I have.
2: Really. I I have. I don't always leave my door closed to my studio just because it gets stuffy in here. But, I mean, if it, it's not a really a big enough issue, if it was, yeah, I would close my door and put a light up, and and that would be fine. It's not that big an issue. It's just the two of us here. She has not come down that often, and it's not like I'm you know eight hours a day. I'm recording seven and a half of them. You know, it's
0: a, you know most of, when you're doing yeah. these videos, most of the time is the prep. Um, but it's interesting you say that it's not even about her interrupting you mid-flow. It's that sometimes, and I have it, Anna will come over to my office and say, "Can I?" she just starts to talk to me, let's say, about the school right. or something like that. And I'll go, Anna, I'm midway. I'm yeah, the that's work.
2: hard. I find that hard sometimes because my brain, you know, I'm so focused on what, you know, especially when I'm learning software for some videos, you know, I'm hyper-focused on, on what I need to get ready in my brain for the next five minutes of what i want to record that like i i find it hard to just get my attention wrenched away and yeah that uh but my wife kind of you know we have a an understanding she knows that that you know that that's the way my brain works and she respects that but do you
0: think we try and play it both ways sometimes so we'll say i'm working and then we'll go in the house at night and in front of the tv on our laptops we'll carry on working and that's kind of bad, that's, so I think one of the hard things for me is because we have all this mobile technology like phones and laptops these days I'm sometimes still replying to emails at 10 o'clock at night while watching Game of Thrones or something and I think that it's, yeah I, I think that's, Dan what about you what what are, what are kind of the challenges for you as a family Um I would your, say because yours is up the your, yours is up the garden isn't yeah, it, so you go to work and come I go
1: back. to work and come back but something I've realised over the last couple of years is that Even though I'm so grateful I don't have that commute anymore from when I used to go to my commercial room uh, that used to be about 14 hours traveling a week. So about two hours a day, an hour there, an hour back. It's something that I didn't realize I needed. Um, So going from work, so I finish, let's say, half three, four o'clock, the kids get home around about that time. So I greet them. I don't have that space between work and home. And I do finish, you know, you, you guys know this. If you try to contact me after four o'clock, I won't pick the phone up because I'm in daddy mode. Uh, I've done my work for the day. So, you know, get, get, catch me the next day. Um, and that's that's how it goes. But I can sometimes bring my work in, not as in checking my emails and all that. I haven't actually processed my day. Now, I've had a really, really busy day. or I've had a day where I've had, you know, a little bit of a crisis on with a client or crisis with my gear. I'm behind. So I've had to really push and I haven't decompressed from work and I'm 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 rigid in my personality when the kids are trying to go, hi, daddy. And I'm like, give me a minute, give me a minute, give me a minute. And th- that minute can turn into an hour, funny enough. And that's, that's sort of, I've got to go for a walk sometimes Just feel like I'm actually right now I'm home from work. Now I'm daddy. Do you know what I mean? So I haven't got, I, I'm still trying to work it out. A walk sometimes does it, but not all the time. That leaving work to come home. And yeah, it's only 20 metres down the end of the garden, but those 20 metres are not enough sometimes <laughs> for me to walk off my day uh, and be fully present as a dad. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And sometimes I think that's
0: my problem as well. Sometimes I'm, I'm home, but I'm still, still somewhere, somewhere, else. somewhere else. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, think the, I think there is a benefit of catching a train home for an hour. or And I think this is, and, and please, if anybody... This is not me having a sexist moment. But I think that it's almost, I think men need a bit of cave time yeah, yes. when they get, get home from work. Now, and, and so it, it, I'm not trying to offend anybody by saying this, but I'm saying that, that it, it, here's the joke, that Anna can go out for 10 minutes with a mate and come back and take two hours to tell me what she <laughs> talked about. I can, I can go out for two hours and not find 10 seconds to report yeah, back yeah, to her when I get yeah, home. Yeah. That's what I, That's the kind of thing I'm trying to say. Right. are yeah. gender differences. And, and, and that may not be of a gender issue, but it, but it seems to be in some ways the case. But what, I'm, what I was saying is that that, that that space between your work life and your home life delineated by a train ride or a car ride or a walk, we don't have, do we? Mm, yeah. 30 seconds for us guys. I was going to say Eli, because we're running out of time. Is there any issues with people coming? Is there a way into your basement without going through the house? No, it's through the front door.
2: um, But I don't have that much traffic that it's a problem. Uh, It's really not, not an issue.
0: Yeah, I don't have that much foot yeah. traffic. So because 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 some people struggle. So when I had my office in a bedroom before we were when we were building the studio, uh, that was a bit of a challenge, and, and and I was very careful about who came to the house. Yeah,
2: no, I don't have that many clients. I actually do have a back door that's closer, but I, and the only time I have clients use it is if they're bringing equipment in, just because it's closer. You know, if they're bringing in a
1: keyboard yeah. or something. But mm, you
2: know, yeah. the other I'm quite, thing I'm is quite yeah. lucky.
1: Yeah. I've got the uh, the studio end of the garden, obviously, um, but the downstairs loo is off to the side of the house. So people don't actually have to come into the house if they want to use the, the toilet, which is nice, and the side entrance. So when I've got clients around, they don't even come in the house. They don't have to interact with my family. My family don't feel like the house is being invaded. My uh, my clients don't feel like that they're awkward for walking in and having to talk to children. Not everyone likes children. Not everyone likes dogs. I've got a dog, whatever. Um, I can keep the two very separate, Yeah, which is nice. Which is nice. Okay, before we go on to
0: competitions and then find of the week, uh, Eli, one tip that you would give everybody thinking of working from home?
2: Well, actually, okay, that's, I mean, when you say working from home, you're talking about starting a home studio. Working for yourself, working for yourself. Um, You know, I I think it's one that you'll probably relate to, Russ. It's this thing of, you know, one thing I like about being in the basement, I get up and walk up the stairs many times a day. Like, get up and walk, you know, just sitting for a long time is really hard on you you know this rest better than anyone just get up and walk that's my thing and I love that I have to walk up and down the stairs to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water or whatever and I often just go out for a walk sometimes in the middle of the day just to stretch my legs and my brain too but get up and walk and get move around that's my tip
0: Dan what about you One thing that you think you've either you'd tell twenty-one-year-old Dan again if he if he did it all over again, or or just a tip that you something that you cherish about working that people should take note of.
1: Um, Always establish a start time for your day and a finish time. Don't be available. Uh, Don't give yourself to work for every waking minute that you are uh, awake for. It's it's pointless. Absolutely pointless. For me, being able to start and finish at the same time every day is liberating for me. I think that is so key. For years, I did not do that. Um, I joked with my wife. I said, you know, this week I've had uh, my dinner, my tea at different times. This is when I had my last studio at different times of the evening. And I didn't sit down and eat it. I was walking to a train station. I said, that's really not healthy and it's not right. And I, I miss having a routine of start and finish times. And I've worked so damn hard to get that. And I really appreciate it. So if you have that ability, Make sure you've got a time that you start, a time that you finish, because my brother-in-law doesn't have that, and he's all over the place. He's successful, but sometimes he starts his day at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and he's finishing at 2 in the morning. And then the next day, he's starting at 8 in the morning, tired and on the back foot and working through to funny all over the place because he can't seem to work that out, that a start and end time is actually quite important for your brain, especially, let's say, in the last hour of your work. You go, I can slow down. I don't actually have to get more manic here. I can slow down and put it on tomorrow's to-do list. You yeah. can wind your day down and that, that's key for just general well-being. You know, that's you another know? thing. Everyone has
2: different sort of inner body clocks in terms of what day, what part of the day you work best at. I'm yeah. a morning person. By four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm starting to fade, you know, and I like to get all my work yeah. done earlier.
0: Russ, what's your one tip that you want to give people starting out in the business? This is a tip that I ignore at your peril, which is never apologise for asking for money yeah, that's good. when you run a business yeah. is that sometimes we either forget to, but as Dan said at the start, he's asking for hundred percent. It's not only the only, it's not only the negotiation at the start is that sometimes when somebody owes you money, you say, Oh, do you mind paying me? You should never oh, say yeah. that you've done a service and now it's time to yeah. pay. Uh, and thankfully, although I said I'm out for a lot of money, they will all pay me at some point. And if I need that money, I will email them and say, can you pay me now? Uh, because what you've got to remember is, it's not a big company. You not getting paid is your mortgage not getting yeah. paid, or your healthcare yeah. not getting paid, or your pension not getting paid, uh, or, or or whatever. Or your your kids Kid, can't go on yeah, holiday, kids activities, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, kids activities get cancelled. So never apologise for asking for money, yeah. because if you if you do, then you shouldn't be in this. You shouldn't be self employed. It's it's a yeah. tough one. It's the hardest lesson I had to learn. But I'm really tough on it these days. Dan, competition. Hang
2: on, Russ. I want to add one last thing, you know, to, to get the last word on this. You know, you were saying to Dan, what would you tell 21-year-old Dan? I wasn't thinking of it in those terms. So 21-year-old Eli, the one piece of advice I'd give myself. Can you
0: remember that far back, <laughs> Eli? Yeah, you
2: know, the one piece of advice. I, I changed my piece of advice for people starting their own home studio. Get a different haircut. Yeah. I think he after
0: seeing that picture you put up on Facebook <laughs> the other day. No, my one last piece of, <laughs> advice, well, is, my last piece
2: of advice is <laughs> spend the money, get a good chair. Your back
0: will love it. yeah. You're dead right. I spent a thousand quid yeah. on a chair last year. Get, get a year, good chair. You don't
2: it. when you're young, you don't care, you don't think about it. Do it.
0: Yeah, it, it, stay healthy yeah, as well. Stay, yeah. as, and I learned that the hard way. Getting it off is harder than keeping it off.
1: Uh, in the first place. Anyway, competitions, today. Competitions. So over the month of May 2019, we've partnered with our friends at Sonable to offer you the chance of winning one of three copies of Sonable's special AI EQ bundles worth 289 euros. This bundle includes Smart EQ 2, Proximity EQ and Entropy EQ. Uh, for more information, click the link in the show notes. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast is created using Source Connect Now from Source Elements. Register now for your free account at now.source-elements.com.
2: If you've ever tried to do interviews over the internet with apps like Skype, you'll know how hit and miss the audio quality and connection can be, and even on a good day, it isn't really good enough for a long-form interview. We now use Source Connect Now, which offers ISDN equivalent quality audio using a Chrome browser, no software to install. To get your free account, follow the link in the podcast notes.
1: Our friends at RSP Audio are running a sale on Avid B-Stock items. They're open box items, but they are all in near perfect condition and carry a full warranty. Uh, These are obviously very limited quantities, and when they're gone, they're gone. If you want to find out what RSP have got, then check this special link in the podcast notes. At the moment, they have great deals on a Pro Tools dock, Artist Mix, HDX card, 16x16 HDIO interface mtrx interface and an s3 control surface uh all of this typically around two-thirds of the list price not bad at all right find of the week dan find of the week uh no sexy gear or plugins anything like that um (laughs) instead it's kind of a bit more of a warning um if you do have an outhouse studio like me uh beware of the ants uh the weekend opened up down here ants everywhere, absolutely everywhere. So where the hell have these come from? And I worried because I thought, oh shit, they're all over the floor. What if they start climbing into my mixing desk or into the gear or into my Mac, things like that? They'll just fry. Yeah, but still, it's not. It's not good. Um, my wife had a go at me and said, "Oh, you must have left your lunch down here." I didn't, so I don't know how they got in, but they did. So, um, yeah, ants powder everywhere. It looks like the Rolling Stones have been in, having a bit. <laughs> yeah, it, must have, it looks like you're doing lines of. Cake, it does doesn't everywhere. Someone's it? had a bit yeah, of a don't party down
0: that stuff, mate, because you will, be you
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, if you are in an outhouse, empty your bin if you've got a bin. Uh, beware of the warm weather and the ants um, entering, because when they're in, they're bloody hard to get rid of. So. Yeah, find of the week for me, Ants Powder.
0: Eli, what's yours find of the
2: week? You know, my find of the week ties into our, our talking point today. I really enjoyed a documentary on Netflix yesterday on John Lennon and the recording of the Imagine album. It's called Above Us Only Sky, and it was so That's charming. Great. It takes place in in around 1969 where he had some – English estate that he rented, and it it documents this process of setting up a, a home studio, although it's not what we think of as a home studio now, and there's lots of great scenes with his home studio, with all the musicians there working out their parts, playing, and it's so... You know, I want to use the word innocent because, you know, we're talking John Lennon in 1969. He's not a 15-year-old kid in the garage basement. He's anything but innocent. But it's so innocent in terms of their relationship to the technology that I found it so charming. They were there playing, focused on the music, trying out their parts. And, yeah, they had the big mixing desk and then they had an engineer there. But just so unaware and, un you know, whether it was how many bits, well, it was no bits, of course, it was analog, but, you know, what kind of tapes or what kind of compressors or what kind of microphones they just sort of had their mics in place and how casual the whole thing was. They're all there playing in the same room. There's leakage, there's bleed. You can hear that, that the, the iconic kind of delay on, on Lennon's voice, but just the innocence and charm with which they just were there playing music in the studio. It's something so foreign to us. You know, I heard recently, I don't know if it was I don't, I, can't, I don't know who it was that said this, but someone was asked in an interview about, you know, getting the, the, the classic analogue sound, you know, all our tape plugins and emulation, saturation, this and that. The way to get the analogue sound is to get all the musicians in the room playing at once. That's yeah. how you get your analogue sound. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah I, 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 I tell you what, there's no replacement for talent. I was in the studio last Thursday with a great engineer, a great uh, producer and a great vocalist. And wow. Uh, one mic, uh, two compressors, and an SSL board, and I said that vocal sounds incredible. And but mostly because the vocalist was yeah, incredible, yeah. stunning. But uh, this uh, is this, this documentary,
2: if you get a chance, check it out. It's really charming to see, you know, the the, the sort of behind the scenes peek, you know, them like working out the parts and doing their thing, and it's it's really very enjoyable.
0: Russ, how about you? I I was directed by a friend, Bob Brown, who used to be one of the Proto's coders at avid and he's done a few things once since gobbler and a few other things and he posted a link to a blog by a guy called joel spolsky which is all he's a developer and developers point of view and uh it's all about there's a quote in there and he says at the end of the day because he it's a product manager said to him one day as a, as a coder if you read the article and uh, Julian, you can beat this or not. It's up to your discretion. He says, at the end of the day, ship the fucking thing. It's great to rewrite your code and make it cleaner. And by the third time, it's actually going to be pretty. <laughs> but that's not the point. You're not here to write code. You're here to ship products. And it's all about the challenge of writing great software products uh, and the tension between perfection and shipping it. And... Uh, anybody that thinks there's software out there that doesn't have bugs in it is naive all software has bugs it's just you're lucky sometimes not to find them uh but this is a, this this post was just if you've got if you want any insight into what it's probably like to be avid or apple or any of the bi- any of the software developers and i saw that uh, guenam from Blue Cat loved it as well because he's a small developer and a few of my developer friends said yeah this is a great article because it really basically it's a bit like it's a bit like the John Lennon thing but in the sense that it opens up the world of coding to Mm. you and what it's like to be a coder." read the article it's a brilliant article and you'll you'll probably never judge a a product again uh, even those that ship longer bug fix lists than feature lists and I won't go any further than that with that comment and on that controversial moment from me it's good night from me good night from me and it's good night from me good night